Welcome, welcome back to brunch with me, Noreen on this uh, Noreen Mayor on this Monday morning. Let's uh, turn to our next part of today's program, and we've got a bit of chinwag with the one and the only Sadia Asmani. Sadia, it's good to see you. How are you doing today? Good morning. Oh, very well, thank you. Um, very warm out today, isn't it? It. We always talk about the weather, but it is. It's and it's. Is it still raining? Did it? No, rain no. I think the short bursts of rain. I didn't catch it, so I'm. Okay. I'm fine. Makes it more so humid. Yeah. 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 Well, we've got a, a bit more of a serious chinwag this mm. morning. Um, mm. Sad news uh, over the week. Well, lots of sad news over the week, but one in particular that I think sort of shook the world. And you've sort of chosen uh, to talk about this on today's chinwag. We're going to be talking about uh, the the Ocean Gate, uh, the tide disaster and also how social media has been covering it. Yeah, um, I just thought I would talk about this. I, I was looking at psychology today, actually, and um, they had an article on there and they were saying um, it just caught my interest where they were talking about the fact that, you know, some things like this that come on social media, this particular story has almost had kind of entertainment value in terms of when you think of social media. Entertainment? Well, Gosh, oh. I mean, it's become i mean it's it's an it's a horrific story but i suppose what it has done is it's kind of captured the attention of so many people because you know there's a number of different elements here and i was looking reading this article and it was interesting just some of the things that came out of that and and you know generally for anything to do with disasters and stuff tend to capture attention um although if you look around you you know we there isn't a week that goes by where we don't hear about some disaster or something happening in the world where people are dying whether it's through war or famine or persecution all sorts of I mean you know the refugees and boats all sorts of horrific sort of things and I think we're all sort of exposed to this information um, on social media because it comes up and social media starts it off and then the whole conversation start people start to express their opinions but this particular um, thing I think I think was something that I think a lot of people have diff- have mixed views about. So, for instance, yes, it is it is a tragedy, and it was absolutely awful. Um, you know, and people are grieving in individual families. I'm sure you know where it is, but I think you know certainly on social media, the compassion perhaps has been not something that is prominent. You know, it's something that, you know, people perhaps have looked at this particular story and just thought, okay, you know, these are these are five people who decided to take a risk. They're all kind of risk takers. They're all gamblers with money. Um, They've all done well. And I suppose, you know, everyone has had an opinion in that they've all thought that, look, they're really rich. They really have got everything they want. This is just a trivial thing that they decided to do. Nothing was really checked. I mean, so many different stories are coming out now in terms of whether that vessel was safe. Um, I was. I, I read something recently, and there's a prominent um, uh, TV personality in the UK, Ross Kemp, who does lots of um, documentaries and things like that. And supposedly, he was supposed to be in that um, in that as well. And I think at the last moment now. I mean, this is the story that has come out, obviously. I don't know how much of it is absolutely true. But in the last moment, they've kind of said that he was pulled out of it because the um, production crew actually decided that it wasn't safe for him to go on board and do this documentary. So, so you know, lots of stories come out. Um, but, you know, it is very much, um, you know... Uh, 
it is it is very much the kind of it has all of the ingredients of a major kind of Hollywood blockbuster, if you think about it. And and it's awful. I mean, it's distasteful to think of it like that. But, you know, it has, I mean, it's all about this extreme tourism that we're talking about. You know, you've got billionaires involved. You've got the kind of whole mysteries behind each one's um, sort of um, intentions and going on it and things like that. The whole mystery, etc., too, about, you know, the conspiracy theories, theories that are around it now in terms of, you know, um, they're now they're saying that some of these places did not endorse this 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 particular vessel and stuff in terms of safety and explosions and rescue missions and obviously you know the 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 major element is this whole mythology about the Titanic and the fact that this was given the name almost like I mean initially when I first heard that this was happening when they said Titan I thought oh my God that's a bit ironic that's really not an apt name for this you know um, so you know. And humans are, you know, storytellers. We we listen to stories, we get engaged in stories. And so this whole thing has kind of unraveled in a way that has caught so many people's attention. Um, and it's funny, you, you know, you were talking about that there were some quotes from people, but um, a lot of Facebook and lots of kind of Instagram and things like that have had a number of different comments about things. I would say some of these comments, obviously, even when just members of the public are, are contributing to that, we need to take with a pinch of salt because, I mean, you know, there are two extremes in that some people may just think, well, you know, they were rich, they had loads of money, they could do what they want, they put themselves under risk. So what are we supposed to do about it? You know, that's something that's their lot. Um, and I think the fact that, you know, here we are, we're talking five people who paid over, you know, 250000 for a seat. And, um, and because they're rich, because they had all everything they wanted, then that kind of sympathy factor, perhaps in lots of people, is not there. But at the end of the day, they're human. You know, totally their lives—they've got at families. The end of the day, it's five people lost their lives, yeah. and I can't imagine grieving for you know for for your loved ones under these circumstances, having the whole world sort of judging their mm. actions. Mm. Um, I think it's just terrible that uh, yeah, I, I just think it's terrible that you know social media is such a great thing for advocacy and to raise uh, awareness for many things, but I think when it comes to death and grief, I think it has like a uh, a detrimental sort of it doesn't give people the space yeah. to grieve because everywhere you turn you have to totally yeah. switch off because yeah. imagine imagine you were the family members of yeah. these people and it's the nature of it too it's the whole um you know it isn't a simple and it's the way how it happened yeah. as well i think because initially i think uh, the, the u.s coast guard heard of the explosion on sunday but nothing was sort of um mentioned and then the countdown began and i think people were sort of hopeful you know it was like a race against time mm -hmm. um, and the countdown was like you know 96 hours and then it's 70 hours mm. um, and I think that adds to that urgency and 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 you remain hopeful mm. um, to I think no matter where you sit, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody, yeah. I hope nobody would wish that. You yeah, know. I hope not. But there is this sort of, I suppose, as you said, you know, it's a lot to do with judgment. People yeah. pass judgment. But a lot of people in the community, uh, in the sort of uh, dive, uh, not diving, in the sort of uh, exploring community, um, knew at an instant, like James Cameron, I've watched many of his interviews. Oh, this um, is the Titanic director. The Titanic yes. director, yeah. 
um, I, I must admit, I thought, oh, all of a sudden he became like a, 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 a sort of a pioneer, not a pioneer, he yeah. became like an authority in, in this. But it turns out he, he is an avid um, uh, explorer himself. But but anyway, um, he sort of mentioned that he knew at an instant that once it lost contact and once it disappeared from the radar, that it can only mean a catastrophic um, mm. uh, implosion or mm. explosion, whatever. Mm. I don't remember the exact mm. word he used. Yeah, but um, he said he knew it, it was very bad news because n- no vessel would really lose communication yeah. and disappear from the radar sort of at the same time. Mm. So it would have to mean that something terribly tragic happened. As, he's, as he talked about that, I thought, well, if all these experts sort of mention it, why was there still so, so much money being poured in the search? But then I suppose you'd still want to find them yeah. because um, they, they, you can't say for certain that they've really disappeared. They would have yeah. had to try. I yeah. mean, whatever it was, all the resources had to be put into actually. Especially they were so wealthy. So yeah. I'm sure their, their families, know, families would have contributed would to that. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, and, you know, it, it's kind of when we look at the circumstances and we look at the kind of appeal, certainly on social. I was looking at it more on the social media side as to how much control was on. One, yes, it was about rich people. Yeah, two, it was like it was a mystery and, you know, they lost communication. As you said, everyone was following this as time went on and just waiting for the next sort of instalment of information and things like that. Then, you know, the uncertainty kind of adds to the appeal. This is like an an analysis that came from, you know, psychology today and stuff where the uncertainty adds to the appeal. And then they said that, you know, um, lots of things, people were looking at kind of conspiracy theories. Was this done on purpose? What happened? Why do they why do they not know about some of the um, people who hadn't endorsed it? You know, how could they sit into a, a vessel that wasn't safe? Um, and then obviously, as you mentioned, James Cameron, the director of the Titanic, you know, he came on and he activated the public sort of imagination by drawing parallels between the sinking of the Titanic and the loss of the Titan. So that was an interesting thing that, you know, suddenly he came on board. And yes, you know, to a certain extent, I suppose he's done a lot of research for his film about this and what the circumstances would have been. Um, but also, I suppose the rescues are something that kind of almost seen as a, a kind of, um, you know, romantic sort of metaphors are attached to that in terms of you have to kind of uh, you look back at the Titanic and the narrative that was there and how you were trying to rescue these people and things. So, but then there's a kind of lack of accountability and compassion that comes through this because lots of people were judging. Um, there was one particular one that I noticed that... Um, that the uh, the British billionaire Hamish Harding, he was on board, and um, he has a stepson called Brian Saz, and he attended a Blink One Eighty Two concert on Monday, and um, Cardi B uh, she was sharing her thoughts on the matter, and she kind of put a tweet out or something and said that the Bodak Yellow rapper, you know, she posted it on Instagram, and she said things like that she found it quite distasteful that he had been tweeting this young guy. Had been tweeting from the show rather than thinking about how he could aid the the, the search, um, and then she said, you know that she just said that shouldn't you be like in the house being sad 
And why did you not kind of think of that? But, you know, it's again, it's like this judgment. And then I think he put up something on Instagram and a number of, you know, um, snippets of him talking where he said that, look, he was continuously worried about it and he was worried about his mother and he was constantly on the phone trying to check and he went on this, he had this ticket for this concert and he decided to go because he just needed to get away from everything and he was treating and trying to keep himself calm. So, you know, people can look at things like that and then the past judgment say, well, what were you doing? And then he said that, uh, you know, what could I do? At the end of the day, you know, the people who are trying to save them are doing their job. I can't do anything else. But obviously, you know, the insensitivity people may just look at it and think, well, why was he doing that? But then what I also noticed, which was really sad, really, that what the new one of the I was looking at one of the news channels and I just did a little bit of research to see a little bit about this Brian, this stepson. And then suddenly one of the news channels said something like, oh, digging into his past and saying, well, you know, he's got autism and he um, he had some trouble, he was stalking someone. or you know, And it's just like all of this irrelevant information, which really, at the end of he's the day, whatever it is, well, he's 37, yeah. he's, uh, not, a, he's, okay. he's a bit, bit older than a kid, but, but whatever it is, and he was saying it was a nightmare for him, you have to just understand the circumstance just at this present moment instead of digging into it. And this is what happens on social media because... It's almost like the fodder you need to keep the story going. So then you pick on people who may be experts or who may be commenting. And, and it's interesting because it says here, um, there was some statistic about the fact that even if we hear information, yeah, research has shown that believing a story is false does not stop people from spreading it. Isn't that terrible in this day and age? Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, it's like wildfire in that if somebody says you only have to almost drop a little bit of information to say oh you know this boy was this or this family was this or somebody said this and you don't know where it comes from it could just be like Chinese whispers which started off somewhere and then it becomes like a major issue and nobody can actually substantiate that particular claim because suddenly if somebody writes something on social media this is where I am quite concerned uh, you know I was I was looking at this whole story but then also, you have to look at the lots of people may argue that, OK, I think I heard um, uh, an interesting interview with Obama recently and um, and he commented on this and he said that, look, this is, you know, a story where five people have lost their lives and they went into this, it, you know, knowingly they knew they, they signed a you know, um, a clause to say that they would accept that there may be some difficulties or whatever. But he said that, you know, there are other people who are losing their lives across the world with all sorts of terrible things like, you know, the refugee situation with the boats and and people dying in war, if you look at Ukraine, and, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of lives that are being lost. And yet, because it's such, such a huge amount of um, you know, exposure that this has got, then suddenly those lives are are not seen as much. We become so desensitized, I think. 
um, on that on that issue. Also, I think family members of these disasters should really think twice before they give an interview. Yeah. So the one that I often see being quoted is that the aunt of the nephew uh, of of the young boy of the sixteen year old um, uh, Solomon who who, who uh, Solomon uh, who, who died with his father um, said he was terrified before going on board and that he w really wasn't up for it. And uh, she was actually speaking uh, to NBC News so uh, from her home in Amsterdam. So she really did give this quote and I just think but that quote has has detrimental effects because now everybody's saying well you know he poor was forced on. yeah he was yeah. forced on and, and he was he was terrified and he only did it to appease his father blah 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 and can you imagine being the wife of that man who's lost your husband and your son and for everybody to just make that judgment I just think oh it yeah, just, it's a, my it's, heart just goes to it's a very hard thing I think what's happening is, you know this whole look at social media was really just to say that you know and she'll be forever second yeah. guessing she'll be forever she well I don't want to say she will be but one might be you know sort of you're grieving for your husband and your son and then you you're blaming you know oh I wish he'd I don't mm. know. Yeah, it's a very hard thing. I think so it just hard. makes things all the more difficult. And when you do see negative comments, when you do see people judging you, Scrub. it is it is bad enough as it is in any yeah. circumstance to be dealing with something like this, regardless of whether you've got money or not. Exactly. At the end of the day, you know, it's like you just... Like we're all human. Yeah, they're yeah. all human. They all went there. At the end of the day, these are people who who became what they were because of the risks they took because they gambled, mm. okay? The reason that people succeed in business because you are risk takers. You try, decide to put your money into something and also, you know, there is this, this kind of line that is drawn that you want to try new things. You yeah. want to be there first. All right, well, Sadia, thank you so much for picking this topic. I'm sure it's really on people's minds um, and I look forward to more chinwags with you next week. Thank you very much uh, indeed.